Huawei, China's telecom giant, is back in the spotlight after allegedly getting caught off building a secret network for chips to skirt U.S. sanctions. A helmet, a compass, and five containers of fuel. One Chinese activist packed light while fleeing China for South Korea, traveling via jet ski. A tent supply drop in dangerous waters and a standoff between Philippine and Chinese Coast Guard forces in the South China Sea. And inside China, one million unfinished homes and crowds of unpaid employees. We're very worried. They haven't paid us since January. Will a Chinese property giant's debt crisis spill over to the rest of the country? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Chips, telecoms, and billions in funding from Beijing. China's telecom giant Huawei is back under fire. Washington-based Semiconductor Industry Association is warning that Huawei has found a way to skirt U.S. sanctions, building a slew of secret semiconductor facilities across China. That's in violation of U.S. blacklist laws. The nation's leading association on global chips telling Bloomberg that Beijing is reportedly funding the project to the tune of $30 billion. That's almost the same amount divided among multiple companies under the U.S. Chips and Sciences Act. The report noting that level of funding could give Huawei an edge. The White House says it's monitoring the situation and ready to take action. Huawei has been on the U.S. Commerce Department's entity list since 2019, meaning it's not allowed to get its hands on U.S. chipmaking equipment. The U.S. upped export controls last October to restrict Chinese companies from getting certain advanced U.S. tech, such as semiconductors and chipmaking gear. The move aimed to curb China's military capabilities. While Chinese companies are allowed to buy older and less advanced gear, blacklisted companies like Huawei need a special license. These exceptions are rare. While the report came out in April, the association is only now sounding the alarm. The group estimates there are over 20 of these facilities across China, with planned investments numbering over $100 billion by 2030. That's raising concerns that with enough experience, over time Huawei could use these older generation technologies to progress. That's what happened with Taiwan's TSMC and South Korea's Samsung in the past, which are now global leaders in this industry. An over 180-mile journey across the sea, all to escape from China on a jet ski. Last week, South Korea's Coast Guard detained a Chinese man on its west coast. He's suspected of traveling from China's eastern Shandong province, carrying only a helmet, a compass and five barrels of fuel to ensure he could complete the long trip. Upon arrival in South Korea, he got stuck on the muddy shore and had to call an emergency line for help. He was then taken into custody. The Coast Guard did not identify the man, but a South Korean activist and human rights group ID'd him as Chinese activist Kwong Pyong. Kwong was previously jailed for criticizing Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping when he tweeted a photo in 2016 wearing a T-shirt decorated with mocking names for Xi. NTD cannot independently verify his identity. The Chinese embassy declined to comment. Nearly one million homes unfinished and massive amounts of workers unpaid. The debt crisis linked to one of China's top property giants, Country Garden, is spilling over across the country. Here's a closer look at the ongoing impacts. At this unfinished residential complex in the outskirts of the northern Chinese metropolis of Tianjin, construction has slowed to a quiet crawl. 
It belongs to Country Garden, China's largest property developer by sales volume before this year. But now it's mired in a debt crisis that's threatening to spill over into the rest of the world's second largest economy. This Country Garden project was stopped after we built the framework. We got a notice from management. They haven't paid us since January. According to estimates from Japanese investment bank Nomura, Country Garden has nearly one million homes to complete. The developer has not publicly acknowledged that any of its projects have halted construction. But at two Tianjin projects Reuters visited on Friday, construction had partially or fully stopped, with workers complaining of months without pay. We're very worried because since we arrived here in May, they've only given us living expenses of some $600 per person. We've not received a cent of other payments. Once considered one of the more financially sound developers, Country Garden is now a bellwether of how the cycle has turned for developers. Its financial woes have added to the ongoing debt crisis in China's real estate sector, which accounts for roughly a quarter of the country's economy. And it's currently losing steam amid a housing slump and weak consumer spending. An investment manager at the Tianjin branch of Centerline Property Agency named Gao Fei told Reuters halted construction projects were relatively rare in the city, but confirmed there were projects that had slowed down development. According to Gao, China's real estate market rebounded slightly in the first quarter of 2023, but sales volume since declined, with most city housing markets remaining in a depressed state. We have seen that many home buyers are affected by a lack of income, and their home buying choices and what they can afford have been impacted in turn. A representative of one country garden project that Reuters filmed said its registered employees were all being paid while another said its contractor had promised to pay the workers by the end of the month. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is asking China for more transparency. Starting last week, China stopped releasing data on its youth unemployment rate. That's after the number hit record highs, over 20 percent. Beijing also raided a series of consulting firms in recent months. Sullivan said for the sake of global confidence and for the world to make sound economic decisions, it's important for China to maintain a level of transparency in its data publication. A delivery in dangerous waters. Two Philippine boats braved a dangerous confrontation with Beijing's forces Tuesday to deliver food, supplies and a fresh crew of sailors to Filipino forces in the South China Sea. The troops there are guarding a contested shoal. To make the drop-off, the boats had to breach a Chinese Coast Guard blockade. Two Philippine Coast Guard vessels escorted the supply boats, with backup from a U.S. Navy plane circling overhead. But the mission wasn't smooth sailing. At least four Chinese Coast Guard ships blocked the boats in a near five-hour standoff. Here's part of the tense exchange. In a spirit of human endurance, we will only permit the entry of Philippine cargo ships to illegally ground these vessels. Government vessels are not allowed to enter. To avoid this violation, safe and safe travel. We are facing deadline MRRV 4407, conducting lawful routine maritime patrol within a Philippine exclusive economic zone. Despite this message, According to our planned rules, request to stay clear from our passage in accordance with the 
Philippine Coast Guard ships were forced to stop. Four Chinese Coast Guard ships and four suspected militia vessels surrounded them. Well, the two supply boats traveled over four miles further to make the drop-off at 2nd Thomas Shoal. All Philippine vessels sailed away afterward without further incident. The dangerous encounter marks the latest flare-up in the region. China claims much of the South China Sea as its own, overlapping areas claimed by the Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, Taiwan and Brunei. Beijing's claims were also ruled invalid by a 2016 tribunal. The waters are considered a front line in the U.S.-China rivalry. The U.S. is shutting its doors to Chinese officials over the Tibet issue. A new visa restriction imposed on Tuesday aims to tackle China's so-called forcible assimilation campaign. The project aims to enroll over one million Tibetan children into Beijing-run boarding schools. From some as young as four years old are being forcibly taken from their parents and being sent to these uh, boarding schools. I think uh, there's a very systematic and um, in some ways a devious kind of a, a way of uh, dismantling, you know, layer by layer, piece by piece, uh, different components of Tibetan culture, dif- uh, Tibetan identity. The Chinese Communist Party deployed troops to occupy Tibet in the 1950s. After that point, Tibet's highest spiritual and political leader, the Dalai Lama, was forced to flee to India. Beijing immediately lashed out over Washington's travel curb, which blocks Chinese officials involved in the issue from entering the U.S. Beijing responded that Blinken should cancel the curbs immediately or be ready for a resolute response from China. The dispute erupted just ahead of the U.S. Commerce Secretary's trip to Beijing next week. Updates on the TikTok ban saga. Montana's attorney general is asking a federal judge to allow the state's full and complete ban on the app to take effect, despite TikTok's lawsuits to stop it. Montana seeks to outlaw the app over fears that probating misinformation could sway public opinion and harm Americans. It's the first state in the U.S. to support a full ban. Montana's attorney general said Monday the state legislature and governor did the right thing in prohibiting TikTok from operating in Montana. He says that legally, Montana has the right to ban products it deems harmful and that the ban doesn't violate free speech. TikTok is owned by Chinese internet giant ByteDance. The company filed a lawsuit in May trying to block the first-of-its-kind ban, arguing that it violates the First Amendment right to free speech, both for the company and its users. Montana's ban is due to take effect in January. Over half of U.S. states have outlawed the app from government-managed devices, citing national security risks. New York City is among the latest to do so, echoing similar concerns. What's driving the new race to the moon? Major powers like the U.S., China and the EU are racing to explore the space rock's uncharted South Pole region. Given India's recent lunar landing there, what makes the South Pole so important? Here's the story. Rough terrain makes landing difficult, but the prize could be historic. Ice that could be used to extract fuel, oxygen and drinking water. Russia's Luna 25 craft have been scheduled to land on the South Pole this week, 
but spun out of control on approach and crashed. Yuri Borisov is the head of Russia's space agency. The race for the development of the natural resources of the moon has begun, and in the future, the moon will become a platform for deep space exploration, an ideal platform. Astronomers have wondered about water on the moon for centuries, which is a hundred times drier than the Sahara Desert. It was only in 2020 that NASA confirmed the existence of water there. India sent up its Chandrayaan-3 lunar lander last month, after the Chandrayaan-2 failed in 2019. Leaders of the five BRICS nations are meeting for a second day of talks on Wednesday. It's part of a three-day summit in South Africa, joined by Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. For a bloc often seen as a counterweight to the West, this week's annual summit holds more than just chit-chat. First, both China and Russia are voicing their grievances against Western powers. Addressing the summit by video, Russian President Vladimir Putin accused the West of provoking the war in Ukraine. In a similar complaint, the Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping urged the BRICS member nations to reject Western criticism of China's political model and called for accelerating the BRICS expansion. On Wednesday, South Africa's foreign minister told the press that the bloc had agreed on expansion plans. She added that further details would be provided by the end of the summit. Beyond that, India's prime minister called for BRICS cooperation on developing a satellite constellation, highlighting India's successful moon mission this week. While Brazil's president spoke in favor of de-dollarization between the BRICS members, Putin says Russia would assume chairmanship of the group next year, which rotates annually. Moscow will also host the group's summit. Another big story to look out for, China is in the red zone. A U.S. commander warns that China's overseas economic goals could easily flip into military backup. Is China edging closer to America's doorstep? Stay tuned for more details coming up tomorrow on China in Focus. But coming up today, a new age space race focused on the moon's heavily cratered South Pole. India just celebrated a successful mission. But what's next for the U.S. and China in lunar exploration? Plus, Beijing's so-called huge breakthrough in laser weaponry. Is Chinese technology outpacing the U.S.? We sat down with Rick Fisher, senior fellow at the International Assessment and Strategy Center, for details. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. India's boom, Russia's crunch. Why are countries racing to the moon's heavily cratered South Pole? And where do the U.S. and China stand? Plus, Chinese military scientists say they have achieved a huge breakthrough in laser weapon technology. But does it surpass U.S. innovation? We speak to Rick Fisher, senior fellow at the International Assessment and Strategy Center, for more. Rick Fisher, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Tiffany, thanks for having me back. India just had a very successful mission this morning. This is just a few days after Russia failed. So how big of a deal is this? This mission succeeding uh, in the wake of uh, Russia's failure just a few days ago is a a huge boost for pride and morale for uh, the billion-plus people of India. Uh, And it's also a very 
uh, important boost for the Artemis Coalition, the coalition of now 28 nations led by the United States. Uh, Artemis Accords originated under the Trump administration, uh, which are basically rules for uh, uh, good behavior and transparency uh, on the moon. Uh, uh, Russia and, and China have refused to sign the Artemis Accords uh, and are in the process of trying to build a competing coalition of dictatorships to populate and uh, eventually to try to control the moon. But uh, the United States coalition seems to be the one to join. Uh, by signing the Artemis Accords, uh, you then become uh, favorable to the United States for co cooperation projects. But India's success is a big deal because now we have another partner that can potentially get to the moon by itself. What's next for the U.S. and China in terms of the moon race? Well, uh, there, there have been indications in the last few weeks that the United States may have to delay uh, its Artemis III mission uh, from 2024 to 2025 or uh, even later to 2026. This is uh, not good news because China is making clear that it wants to get to the moon, wants to put its first people on the moon by 2029. And it is even possible that it could do so beforehand. China, when it gets to the moon, will be making not just a small step for China, but a major step for the People's Liberation Army. The PLA controls China's moon program. And China's moon program is already being configured to produce dual use or both civilian and military benefits for China. So when China gets starts putting its people on the moon, it will do so with military intent. And that is not the goal of the United States. And Rick, to your point, there was a recent report out saying that the Chinese regime seeks to control low Earth orbit. So what is the fallout on the U.S. if China achieves that? Well, low Earth orbit is uh, kind of now the medium high ground for conflict on Earth. In order to win conflicts on Earth, you have to have control of many assets in low Earth orbit and in medium Earth orbit. For example, the war in Ukraine is now being fought by drones, drones that require access to uh, satellite navigation signals in order to carry out their missions. If China attacks the American navigation satellite system, then uh, not just drones, but all of our precision weapons are all the navigation that has to be undertaken by ships, aircraft, and, and land platforms will, will be put in jeopardy. Uh, so control of low Earth orbit means control of access to control your surveillance satellites, control your communication satellites, and also to control access to orbits that contain your navigation satellites. So China dearly wants to control low Earth orbit and deny access to low Earth orbit 
to the United States. There's a new report out from the South China Morning Post that's saying that is saying China has actually made a huge breakthrough in terms of laser technology that could potentially be used against these systems. So how serious should we take this report? Well, the report indicates that China has developed a, a kind of laser uh, uh, gem technology that uh, requires uh, less cooling that can be cooled uh, in the air. Uh, uh, this is indeed uh, an advance for laser technology. If you reduce the requirements for cooling the laser, you can make the laser smaller. Perhaps uh, China's advance will even help make easier laser rifles and laser pistols to arm individual soldiers. And given that, because it seems like quite a bleak picture that's being painted here, what does the U.S. need to do then to catch up or at least equal this? Well, the United States has been a world leader in the development of laser technology and over the last uh, 20 years has also invested heavily in ground combat lasers and naval lasers especially and is also developing lasers for use on combat aircraft. Uh, unfortunately, China's progress in la combat laser technology is probably about the near equivalent or even the equivalent of that of the United States. Uh, China has not revealed the extent of its advances in combat laser technology, whereas in the United States, you can track that with, with some ease. There is far greater transparency because companies are trying to sell their technology to the government. But the bottom line, Tiffany, is that the United States has to continue these investments. It has to continue to try to make breakthroughs such as China has made, or to try to steal China's technology like China has been stealing technology from us for decades and apply that technology to ensure that we keep abreast, that we're not surprised by some uh, very basic but essential uh, advance in laser technology made by China. Rick, with all the various topics covered, any final thoughts? Well, Tiffany, I would I would just stress, as I did on the, on the outset, that uh, India's uh, victory in reaching the moon is also a victory for the free world and uh, a a great sign that the democracies uh, may not allow. China to control the Earth-Moon system, and that is a gift that we need to deliver to our children and our grandchildren. Rick Fisher, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tiffany. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.